Welcome to this week's episode of the Comeback Girl podcast. My guest this week is Liz Ward. Liz is a pivot coach and her prior career was in brand consultancy. Liz worked for such illustrious campaigns as when the Millennium Dome rebranded as the O2. She worked on the London 2012 Olympics opening ceremony campaign and she also has worked for such amazing consumer names as Bacardi Martini. Liz got a little bit jaded working in this high-flying industry and she tells a great story about how her RSI got so bad from her Blackberry that she would have to rest her hand on a cushion every night when she got in from work. And this is a metaphor really for what was happening more generally in her working life. So in 2016, Liz founded Slick Pivot and Slick Pivot is her career and business coaching consultancy where she works with businesses and individuals alike to help them find purpose and happiness in their careers through pivoting through iterations of change. I absolutely loved talking to Liz. She has a wonderful Yorkshire accent and she was so generous with the examples that she gave me to illustrate her teaching. They were all from her own life and even though she is an accredited coach, highly experienced, working with very impressive tech startups and corporates alike, she was incredibly down to earth and she made me feel like I was going on a coaching journey with her. I can imagine her really getting alongside her clients and helping them as they go through iterations of change in their business, making wholesale change feel incredibly achievable and tangible. I hope you enjoy my chat with Liz. This morning, I, w- I want to talk about what it's like from a career coach's perspective. Is that how you would describe yourself, first of all? I run Slick Pivot, mm-hmm. which is a pivot coaching company. So I help people in transitions to, to change a major thing in their lives. So either finding a new role or starting their own business, or they may already have a business and want to pivot it for more happiness and growth. So I help people to work through what they really want Mm -hmm. and how we can get them there. And you just told me that you started up this business as a really new mum, which is just incredible. How did the idea come to you? I started my career um, straight out of university. I, Mm. I was in advertising. And um, I moved down to London from Leeds mm. with my, all my enthusiasm and motivation. And, and your fantastic accent. Fantastic Leeds accent. Um, and, you know, my Yorkshire twang got me quite far. I, I climbed the ladder quite quickly and worked on some great projects. I was working at O2, major telecoms company, in the glamorous department of brand and sponsorship and doing some great projects, working on the launch of the O2 and Arsenal football team and England rugby team. It was all very, very glamorous. Mm. And I I loved work. Mm. I I think it's safe to say I was a workaholic. Mm -hmm. And I, as the young woman that I was, Mm. was 
you know, was perfectionist at what I was doing. Yeah. I was a great team member because I would be the one that was working hard, delivering, mm. um, getting everything right and taking on everything. And that would stood me in good stead in the early stages of my career. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I moved into different teams and departments. I worked in advertising. By the t- time I was 28, I was running the uh, TV campaigns for O2. Wow. And all my colleagues were, were a lot older than me. And... I, I'd seen quite a lot quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I moved roles and I, I went to work on the London 2012 Olympics because I was seeking something new. I was constantly seeking something new. When the project was complete, I was like, what next? What next? Mm-hmm. I want to feel the next thing. So I, I, I worked on the, the games, which was amazing, but also very stressful. I then went to work at Bacardi and worked in digital. And by the time I was in my early 30s, I don't think I'd taken a breath. And uh, the the workaholic perfectionism Mm. uh, in me had helped me get that far and I got so much experience, but it got to the point where I I was extremely tired Mm. and I kind of lost perspective a little bit on balance. And the long and the short of it is I burnt out Mm -hmm. and I was ready to stop and I continued to go. Was there a defining event? It's interesting you ask me that because... Looking back, I can see what happened now. But having gone through quite a successful start to my career, nothing had really gone wrong. Yeah. And I hadn't really failed. And it had been a, 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 you know, a, lovely, a lovely journey. And then there was a particular senior manager who was leading a department. And for some reason, he triggered something mm. in me mm-hmm. that had me then playing a thought process in my mind that I'm not good enough. And I started to play this out and started to become extremely inarticulate and kind of rubbish at what I was doing. And that led me to have a lot of internal dialogue that essentially slowed me down. And one day I was standing in the bar at the office because it was a spirits company. We had a bar in the office and this particular individual was extremely rude to me. And I just stood there and thought, what am I doing this for? What is the purpose to this? And I had a check-in with myself and decided to... I went home and I decided to quit. And I was sitting there and I decided to quit. And then the, the man that I thought that I was going to marry came home that evening. And before I had a chance to tell him that I was going to leave my job, he told me that he was leaving me. Jeez, wow, well, wow, wow. And I think the, the combination of this this perfectionism Mm. and this constant work thinking had led to this big crescendo so I I quit what a story yeah and that forced my career break so okay and how long were you on break I went traveling so I packed up everything and I and I went on the on on the trip that I'd never done Mm. and I went away for nine months I was out of work for a year Um, and then on that journey I was thinking okay my life is a blank sheet of paper mm-hmm. how am I going to start again I can rewrite my story flitting between being positive and negative mm-hmm. about it what am I going to do mm-hmm. and uh, I, had, I had some great ideas I, I then I then when I came back to London started consulting and I started consulting with startup businesses and helping them and working with I went in as a marketing consultant because that was my background and I was working with founders of digital technology apps essentially that had 
that wanted to grow their business. And what I found was that they didn't want to be told what to do, these entrepreneurs. They wanted to, they wanted somebody to help them kind of draw out their vision and then help them work out how to make it happen, which was a coaching okay. method. Mm -hmm. So I trained as a coach. And that changed the conversation with the people mm. I was working with. Mm -hmm. Then I fell pregnant, which mm -hmm. planned with my, with my new love. And I decided at that point that I really wanted to shape my own destiny and work for myself and help people that had been in the same position that I had been, you know, the state of burnout and the state of being lost. So that's when Slick Pivot formed. Wonderful. And so now you're coaching individuals only? So I still work with startup businesses, mm -hmm. so I help with founders, solo entrepreneurs, and small startup teams. So mm -hmm. businesses of around you know ten to twenty people, yep. and also with individuals who are looking to get back into work, or yeah. have been made redundant, or what are in a job and they're ready to change from where they are. I wish I had found you a good six or seven years ago, and probably 10 years before that and you know all the different stages of my career where I've just had a bit of a dramatic there's been an event and it's it's given me pause to think about okay mm. what do I really want to be doing here um, and it happens I guess not just when you have a career break but at any point where there's a bit of tension and you get mm. challenged on your the beliefs that you hold dear that just form your daily habits and, and we stop asking questions of ourselves don't we so I've got a couple of questions for you um, that's a great tale about how you ended up doing what you do and you neglected to mention that you managed to get to five Prince concerts and I think that is worthy of note I really do yes I mean when I was working on the O2 I was the sponsorship manager of the O2 um, which meant that so I worked on the rebrand of the building um, when it was basically just the tent mm. and building the arena mm -hmm. and then when the building opened I was there managing the, the experience and the hospitality so it meant that I got access to all sorts of concerts including yeah the five nights of Prince well he did 21 nights I only went to five of them that'll do that'll <laughs> do for most of us just one minute of that would be enough um so on your blog, you talk about being a recovering perfectionist. That really resonates with me. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm recovering or I don't know where I am on that journey, but I'm certainly not recovered. Yeah. So what tactics have you deployed that have really helped you? I think that from working in the startup world, that it taught me a different way of thinking about getting things done. Because the you know if you're in Silicon Valley and you're launching an app, the the lean startup approach is you have an idea, you get it out there as quickly as possible, test that idea, get some feedback, and iterate. You know, mm. so if you're building an app and you yep. spend two years planning it and then put it out into the world and nobody likes it, you've essentially wasted two years of your time, money, and energy, and your the risk is mm. is much greater, and you're going to feel a bigger crash if mm -hmm. it doesn't work out. So looking at that and applying that to your life mm. is, okay, let's look at an imperfect action. You know, imperfect actions, a series of imperfect actions mm -hmm. are going to get you much further than yeah. waiting for perfectionism. Because mm. if, you, if we wait for everything to be perfect before starting, we'll never do anything. So my principle is show up before you're ready. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have an idea 
find the most minimal possible way of trying it out. Yeah. So if you're looking to go into a particular job, mm. you know, go and go and ha- go and do the commute to the office. You know, mm. even before you have a job interview there. Yeah. See what it feels like. If yeah. you have got a job interview there. Yeah. You know, go early. Sit it. Sit in their reception. Feel mm. what it's going to be like. Don't wait to think everything needs to be perfect before before you can move forward. Show, so show up before you're ready. Believe that every time you try something, you're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's going to improve yeah. the, your next move. Because by being open to new information coming mm. in, it's just going to give you more confidence. Mm. So I would suggest that you get going but in a minimal minimal way yeah and it's about um it's about stopping all of the analysis that we do before we make a move isn't it yes because so good it's it's about less planning and more action have an idea test it out as quickly as possible if you're starting a new job and you've got to present in front of the new team Mm. you know you could spend two days practicing your presentation Mm. and and trying to get everything perfect yeah and meanwhile building up presumably quite a lot of fear if you're anything like me yeah it's all that anticipatory anxiety Mm. that that comes with trying to make something really perfect before you launch and actually as you say you don't even know whether it's going to be right or not like the startups in silicon valley Mm -hmm. they test and iterate from the very early stages do the lean thing and i guess that's what it's quite a good method for all of us yes when we're relaunching our careers to just be starting off dipping our toe go to a networking event mm-hmm. practice your elevator pitch on a friend in the pub absolutely rather than thinking it yeah. has to be in front of a search consultant mm-hmm. who's going to be in control of your career mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. not the case but that's how it can feel change your linkedin profile decide you, it's going to be like that for two weeks post a few things on linkedin see what happens love it and know that you can change it you know yeah. nothing is fixed and nothing is black and white so yeah. just give yourself time frames okay i'm going to experiment with this yeah. for two weeks or yeah. a day you know today i'm going to be smiley and say hello to everyone mm. you know how will your day go so run a series of mini experiments excellent and get some feedback which then builds your confidence mm-hmm. And you can go from there. I have a great example of a colleague who he works in um, learning and development in our organisation. And so he's constantly trying to get material out on LinkedIn and get engagement. And this week he just tried a video article. So he just filmed himself for a minute. Yes. And the amount of following that he got just from doing something, changing things up. Yep. Being a little bit scared about it, but not trying to come up with a finished article all at once. Just experimenting has really reaped dividends. Yeah, That's brilliant advice. We've been talking about iteration, and I completely agree with you. We need to just be in a constant state of evolution. And when we think about our careers now, they're just not linear, are they? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about Sheryl Sandberg, she calls the career a jungle gym now and you had a what was your yeah don't think of it as a career ladder think of it as a climbing wall yeah you know i love that you you can go off in different directions essentially you're still going up the wall and actually if you just want to hang out somewhere for a while that's okay you know we are taught as children you know that you must constantly be going like this well you know when is somebody said to me the other day um do you feel like you've reached the peak of your career now what and that question made me go, oh, you know, and then I started really questioning 
what does peak mean? And really, yeah. are we trying to get to, to a peak? I'm really happy now because I've mm. built my business mm. so it fits in with my life and I'm mm. satisfied mm. with the balance that I have. But we are programmed to think we've got to continually go mm. up and up and up. But I, would, I encourage people to think about, you know, can you reach the peak in your life? You know, how mm. can you get work to fit in with your family mm. and your friends so that you've got balance? And mm. so is success balance? rather than getting to the top you know mm-hmm. so it's just an interesting way that we're we're kind of programmed that we've got to continually get up the ladder yeah but is there really a ladder yeah exactly that what does that going up look like I mean thinking about being at the peak I feel like I'm right at the beginning of a journey and you know I'm in my 40s I've got two kids at school I've been in work for decades yeah. but because I have a clearer idea of what my purpose is now, mm-hmm. and I'm still not there, mm. but I know what I need to have in my life to be integrated. Yeah. But I feel like I'm just starting out. Mm. I think we all do all the time. You know, yeah. we all suffer. Well, not we not suffer. We're, we're always on a new path, mm. you know? And I think it's a common thing that I see amongst all my clients and myself. Mm. You know, we're always on new journeys, so it feels like we're starting. Mm. But that's great because you're growing. Mm. By knowing, okay, I'm growing because I'm learning something new. Mm. Following your purpose. Mm. Isn't that yeah. Isn't that a great thing? I actually think that it is better than the most expensive moisturiser to be learning. I, yeah. I, think, I think it is a youth elixir. You know, it keeps you vibrant interested interesting and i'm so grateful that we do live in a an era where it's you're allowed to just keep on learning yeah and you're allowed to be to pitch up at university general assembly a digital evening course at Mm -hmm. 65 Mm -hmm. and still be going through these iterations on your website i love that you say that to be one of your clients you need to be okay with this state of constant change Mm -hmm. where you help your clients with that so why do we struggle so much with it i think as humans we're like we're programmed to kind of stay safe Mm. you know and Mm. and and stay with what you know because you feel secure you know we we are driven to want to desire you know security and safety it's innate in us Mm. We also do have a need for variety mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. growth. So mm. these are kind of on a spectrum mm. with each other. And mm. it's, about, it's about finding a balance between all of those things so that you can stretch a little bit and learn as you go. I think we, we feel, sometimes we like to hold on to some things that are serving us, you know. Mm. Some of the things we don't want to let go of, like... Mm. You know, st- staying at you know you might have had kids and staying at home feels nice and secure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of comfort and things like mm-hmm. that. But then there might be another part of your brain that's going, actually, I want to get out there and and mm. work, and there's a bit of a conflict. So I help people like work out how what are their values and what really is driving the need to yeah. do something different, yeah. and what do those Brilliant. those things mean to mm. you, and and how can you then start integrating those things in a little way in your life so that that change is. I like to think of it more of a glide than a leap. Mm. You know, yes. we're not jumping yep. to another place. We're kind of taking one step at a time towards mm. it. 
Like baby steps. Like baby steps. We were talking about your toddler and, and watching our kids learn. Yeah. And how they just do it in very in very small, gradual yeah. um, moves rather than any big sweeping thing. Exactly. You know, they, they don't come out walking. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to thank learn God. To, thank God. Um, but it's gradual. And there's no, there's no limiting beliefs in that, oh my goodness, I might, I might bop my head if I try and crawl, so I'm not going to try. They just go ahead and do it. Yeah. And I think as we grow older, stuff happens to us that mm-hmm. stops us from moving forward yeah. with things because we think, oh, I'm going to bop my head and it might yeah. hurt. Yeah. So I'm just going to stay here in my comfort zone. But, you know, if we, if we look at the learning journey that babies go on and apply that to our, to mm. our changes that we make, it makes it feel a lot more doable. Mm. That whole act now, reflect later thing. Mm. And... Picking apart your amazing blog again, you mention the importance of automating and delegating. And if I think about myself, because my career break was all around caring for family, Mm -hmm. so I was absolutely rubbish at both. And I needed to get good at it very quickly when I went back to work. But why is it so important to do those things? Delegate, hand stuff over and automate. I think... I'd like to ask you, what stopped you? What was, what was going on in you when, when, when you were struggling with it? Um, I think that, and I can only say this now I'm a couple of years out. Yeah. I got a lot of inherent value. I, I placed a value on caring for other people, nurturing them. And so it served something in me mm-hmm. to be relied on so heavily. Mm-hmm. So... It was actually quite difficult to hand stuff over. And now I've got to frame it differently. Mm-hmm. But that's what, what it was about. I liked being a servant. Yeah. Maybe needed. It, I, yeah, I liked being needed. Um, the automation side, why was that? I never stopped to think. I never stopped to think that I could streamline what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. just, I had my busy on and I didn't pause and think how could I make this easier yeah exactly and I think with the, those feelings that, that serve us you know we think you know I must care for others so therefore I'll do it mm. um, I don't want to put more stuff on their plate because they're yeah. busy yeah. I want to be the nice manager you yes. know I want to make my boss happy so then I'm going to take this on myself you know the superhero syndrome that mm. comes in you know mm. I've got to do it myself to prove that to get that validation, you know, I think that's something that I did and a lot of my clients do, is they take it all on because they want the, they want the pat on the back, yep. you know, because we want to feel, you know, you are good enough and you're doing a great job. So mm. we take it all on. I think that one of the benefits of obviously delegating is that although it may feel like you're letting go of some control, you know, as a, as a recovering control freak as well and somebody that thinks, I know the best way to do this so I need to do it myself because if I don't do it myself Mm -hmm. it might not go right so Mm -hmm. that will reflect badly on me so therefore I must do it or you know if I hand it over uh, they're going to get it wrong so I'm going to have to do it anyway so I might as well just do it Mm. all of that is counterproductive because Mm. what it's stopping you from doing is actually having more control in your job if you know how to do it great you've just Mm. got to accept in yourself I know how to do this that means that I have the ability to tell somebody else how to do it. I love that. That's great advice. Yeah, so yeah. I, I never delegate something that you don't really know how to do. 
Mm. You know, if you know how to do it, that's that's the perfect thing on your list to start delegating, mm. um, because you can explain to them, and mm. then also don't be a perfectionist about it, and allow yeah. them to to learn. Yeah. And as they're learning, you know, they yes. can take baby steps. They're going to learn and they're going to improve. And so it may take a little bit of time to get perfect flow, mm. but that time is, is is a better investment because then your brain is going to be freed up to focus on the bigger tasks. So it might be that you have to write an important presentation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is by doing that it's actually going to grow your career more than continuing in the safety zone of doing all these things that you know how to do yeah yep. delegate the things you know how to do and use your brain space mm. to work on the things that you'll you know need your deeper thinking and that will grow you uh, um, and then on the dele- uh, on the automation piece you know i would say some tips think about if there's a task that you're doing regularly, mm. you know, that's taking however long, think about how you can automate it. So, for example, with me, when my clients book in sessions, I've got a system that they can go on and they can book in an appointment, which then eliminates at least three or four emails between, you know, are you yeah. available then, are you available then, da da da, da. It's yes. easier for them, it's easier for me. So, you know... Across my portfolio of clients, I'm probably saving two hours a week just on emailing, organizing appointments. So mm-hmm. think about the stuff that you're doing that is very routine and how, mm-hmm. how can there be a quick fix mm-hmm. to save that time again so that you've got more time to do your deep work. Because if you're doing your deep work, you're going to feel more confident in your role and feel mm-hmm. like you're adding value and that you're making progress and it will be easier to integrate back into work. I'm taking those tools into work on Monday. That is brilliant. I love the idea of what can I, what on my list am I really confident doing? I could do it in my sleep, hand it over. Yeah. Such a clever one. So thinking about limiting beliefs, and I know it's a very big topic, the inner critic, the gremlins in our head, Mm -hmm. our head jazz. Yeah. Do you have a couple of quick actionable tricks for what we can be doing to counter those things if i could give a quick example mm-hmm. i have i had a limiting belief that i was not good at writing i decided in my head that i was i am not a copywriter and i cannot write therefore it was stopping me from starting my blog mm-hmm. um, and doing anything creative writing wise mm-hmm. in order to overcome that i had to think through okay there was a time in my life when i did not believe this mm. can i go back to before I started to believe I am not a copywriter and look at, look at the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. So I traced it back to mm. when I worked in advertising and I was the client and I needed to commission other people to mm. write the words on the voiceover for the advert or the, the copy on, on the yes. newspaper advert. It was not my job, it was somebody else's job and mm-hmm. it was frowned upon for me to write because that was their job. Sure. Um, so that... That event that happened had informed my, my story I was telling myself. So I had to go back to that time and check in and go, uh, look at this for what it is and what's the evidence against it. So mm. actually, I have an English A-level. You know, I can write emails. I have the ability to write, to write words, therefore mm. this story is not true. So I would say for anyone that's thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm not confident, I'm not very good at job interviews, go back to the time in your life where, before you believe that, because there will have been a trigger that made you stop. You might have had a job interview that went badly. 
Mm-hmm. But you might have also had like six job interviews before that that were fine. You're able to have a conversation with someone. Mm. Essentially, that's what a job interview is. Absolutely. You know, so think Absolutely. about... Absolutely, a good one. Exactly. Mm. So think back to the things in your past that prove your theory wrong because mm. it's just a theory. Yeah. And how do you know it to be true? But mm. the, more we, but the more we say it to ourselves... So the other thing to note is consider your internal dialogue, the things that you're saying to yourself, but also listen to the words that come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you say, oh, I'm not good at cooking, you know, mm. you'll burn the toast mm. because you're telling your brain yeah. that you're not good at cooking. Mm. <laughs> um, so just, just notice for a week, what is your dialogue? Mm. What's coming out of your mouth? Mm. And then you can start to look back and, and, and just reframe that and put the evidence against it. Yeah, the counter-argument. The counter-argument. Absolutely brilliant. Have you got, and obviously very mindful of client confidentiality, I love a Cinderella story, a a story of a turnaround, and that's the beautiful thing about your work, I guess, that you get to be part of people's pivot. Mm. So can you give us a story, in very general terms, Mm. of one or two people who have, you've seen some magic happen when you've worked with them? So I'm thinking about a client that I worked with last summer. She, when we came together, she was on maternity leave after her second child. Mm-hmm. And it was towards the end of the maternity leave. Um, and she'd been very successful in, in, her, in her corporate role and had found out she was preparing to go back to work. I think she'd been off for about a year mm. and was finding out that the business was making a restructure, mm. which is something commonly happens and the the role that she was going back into after her break was changing and she had lost her confidence in what she was good at mm-hmm. she kind of forgotten all mm. the skills that she'd been using and couldn't see forward you know yeah. could do where she was right now which was at home with the babies but couldn't see you know what was next had mm-hmm. been in this, she'd been in this business for quite a good many years. So the new opportunities were just very, very foggy. Yeah. And we worked together over a series, over, you know, a period of about four months to help her really, really nail and really reignite in her, her strengths. And when, when she was in her flow at work and all of the things that went really super well, her proud moments, and we really went back to those and gave them colour gave them colour and reinforcement to then prepare her brain, really, to open up opportunities for what she could do next. Because I believe that when we pivot, we keep one leg on the floor. You know, when the basketball move, you're literally spinning on, on, on the mm-hmm. leg uh, that's, that's, that's grounded. So we work out what are your strengths? What are all the great things that you're good at? And when you're in your flow what's working for you because we don't want to throw that away we're not leaping over in the other direction we're grounding you but we might be twisting so we need to work out what the good stuff is mm-hmm. and then once we know that we can go okay well what would you like to have you know how would you like your life to be we know you want to work but we know that you've got responsibilities we know that there's certain things going on in your life so let's put the whole picture together so how would you like it to be how would you like your commute to be? Would you like to work from home? Mm-hmm. Um, what, how many people do you want to work with? Mm-hmm. So you will really work through all of that. Mm. And I, I, I work with her very much on visualising. So really thinking, putting yourself in the shoes of this perfect scenario. 
and doing confidence building exercises and then preparing her for interview. And, you know, I, I did actually have her get the train to this particular job she was considering um, because she'd had all the interviews in London, but the office was going to be quite far away. Fantastic. Yeah. So I said, okay, she couldn't decide. So mm. we're like, okay, get the train, mm. act out the morning. Mm. How's that going to go for you? Yeah. What does it smell like? What does it what taste does it like? feel like? Yeah. What, you know, because when we have a feeling in our stomach, that gut feeling, it is actually your subconscious mind giving you information. Like, it's a real thing. Mm. And so by putting yourself in the shoes you can start to feel if it's going to be right for you because that's what you're going to be doing every day. And so she she looked at a number of opportunities and mm-hmm. explored different angles. We also worked on, okay, how's the childcare going to work? How are the kids going to get the food that she wants them to have? You know, mm-hmm. So it, you know, we worked on little techniques around batch cooking and exploring different childcare options and, mm-hmm. um, and things like that so that the journey into this new space was less scary and we had all the pillars in place to prepare that transition the other thing that we then worked on was going okay when you're in what what were the bits of friction in your past working life that we now have the opportunity to experiment with stream you know is there a certain behaviors that you may have had before that wore you out you know working late in the evening Mm -hmm. being addicted to your blackberry that's Mm -hmm. something that i was suffered from i used to get rsi in my arm (laughs) <laughs> from when we were launching the O2 I had to rest my arm on a pillow when I came home from work it was quite and it, that's an extreme example but we okay so what we did was we said okay when you go into this new role so she got a new role I go okay how are you going to behave on day one you know because you're starting with the end in mind if you if you want to leave at six mm-hmm. start on day one and leave at six Absolutely. you know so and let's act out what you need to do so now I'm, I'm working with her on integrating into this new role and 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 then the communications with the boss and learning the new personalities and and, you know working through with the team so yeah she's 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 humming and uh, the business is going from strength to strength um but we broke it down like really 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 broke it down so made it manageable that is such a great story. It must be amazing to be coached by you. And I am going to have to tweet what you said about putting colour into your proud moments. Because mm. I don't think we stand enough on our testimonies of the things we've done really well in the past. And you were talking about counter-arguments to our inner critic. Yes. And I think if you have your... Um, your war cry really all of the things that you've done really well in the past and you've rehearsed them in your mind you know what they are yes. you know the difference you can make then it just you, you know you come out of the trap so much more powerful mm-hmm. but we just forget mm. we just forget what mm. we've done and we don't think it's important mm. anymore and all you're going to do is replicate those successes yes exactly because you get what you focus on yeah <laughs> you know yeah and scientists and psychologists and all these people have done lots of research and we know that if you think you know negatively you're going to see negative results if Mm. you think yourself in positive ways Mm. and reinforce and put power back Mm. into those thoughts you Mm. will have the power to make more of those things happen it's just great it's just great and it's such a good message for people who are coming back to work Mm. that if, if you've spent a little bit of time thinking about what you want to bring into your next role and what you want to leave behind you know to have the benefit of a break we have some time to reflect it's just it's just great i would argue 
most times if in fact if not all times that you come back better and you've got a better opportunity yeah. to feel fulfilled and make more of an impact on on the planet if you're doing what what is valuable to you absolutely i like to say that every skill and experience and thing you've done in your life mm. think of that as your kind of career equity that is yeah. just preparing you for this next move yeah. so even from the part-time jobs that you had when you were 16, mm. all of these experiences are guiding you and giving you the power to do this next thing. And mm. so you need to gather what all those things are and then put it into the next. You're not throwing anything away. Mm. And it, through your career break, you will have learned loads of things. Yeah, nothing's and you, wasted. And you can take that into the next, the next move. Yeah, nothing's wasted. And the other thing that I, I help people work out is, you know, when we're thinking about a role... One of the things that I find gives people satisfaction is doing something that has a purpose. Mm-hmm. So feeling like you're, what you're doing, one, that you can do it, so you, you, you're doing something that enhances your skills or mm-hmm. uses your skills. Mm-hmm. Two, is something that actually makes a difference in the world, greater yeah. than just what, you know, your office. Yeah. And, be, and when you believe in the purpose and the, and the bigger impact it's having on the world, even if it's just... A small amount of people knowing why you're doing it and believing in that subject matter drives us forward and makes us feel fulfilled in our roles. And mm. I think you'd agree with that in what you're doing. Completely. You know? Absolutely. So, Liz, how can we find you? You've got a couple of events coming up, which I'm really keen for you to talk about. And then I'd love you to tell us how we can find you as a coach. Okay, well, my website is slickpivot.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, Liz Ward. I um, I also I do workshops, which are small, intimate, interactive workshops. So maximum about eight people. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I keep them small is so that everyone can get you know good one-on-one benefits. Brilliant. And and by coming to one of our workshops, what people usually realise is that they're not alone. You know, there are other people <laughs> in this situation going through the same quibbles and fears and feel like they've got the same boulders in the road. So we, we, we voice all of those and get them out there. I've got two events coming up. One in uh, Soho in April, April the 17th, which is how to kick off your own business. Mm-hmm. So that's for people um, thinking about going out on their own, or they may have even just started that journey. Mm-hmm. And we look at how you can know your value and what you have to offer as a business, who your target customer would be, um, and how to position yourself as an expert in, your, in that area in a credible way. And then there's another one in, I think in June, the details are on the website, uh, which is how to pivot your career. And that's for people that are searching for the, the, you know, what the answer is. And a bit more around my pivot program is that how you can, the, what steps you need to take and what attitude you need in order to kind of move forward. Um, and I offer one-to-one coaching, which is over the phone, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with people over a period of three months to help with their transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find details of that on my website. Mm-hmm. And presumably, people will perhaps um, sign up with you for a period of time and then hang around with you when they realise that there's more of a conversation to be had. Yes. One of the things that I realise is that you know we're, we might be talking about the practicals of the job, but there's a lot of other work that people that comes up for people in terms of mindset, integrating into a new yeah. role, yeah. productivity, how you can learn how to delegate better so that you have mm-hmm. more balance. Mm-hmm. I, I work with pretty much all of my clients on a holistic view of how you can be more balanced mm-hmm. and 
um, efficient in how you kind of operate in your life. Um, so I have I have long term clients that once once they've found their path, you know, we're continually iterating to yeah. to streamline and uh, and I say, I say pivot for more happiness and growth. You know, because mm. we're constantly growing and 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 um, I help people across the whole journey, so. mm. including batch cooking. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, wow. Batch cooking. Everyone should do it. Well, it saves I'm a lot of time. I'm inclined to get a session with you just so you can tell me about what it was like backstage with Prince. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be worth it just on its own. Liz, thank you so much. Thank You've you. been an amazing guest. Thank you. 